Hello, everybody, and welcome to Middle School GSA, uh, the podcast where we talk about a variety of issues. I'm your host, Demi Gloom, and I use she, her pronouns, and I'm joined by my co-host, Felonius Ferris. Hello, I use they, them pronouns. So we have lost faith in the quality of this, sh- quality of this show, and we're going to go uh, topicless. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, what do you want to talk about? How are you doing today? What is on your mind? Um... I'm okay. I I've been watching One Piece. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm on ex- episode 640. How how long have you been watching this show? Um, jeez, probably like 3 months. Jesus Christ. So you're average you're averaging 200 episodes a month. I guess. That's... When you say it like that. You're watching 200 episodes of this show every month. That's terrible. It, maybe it's been longer. Maybe it's been like four months. <laughs> four months. Either way, man. Yeah. That's that's an insane. Yeah. It's an insane amount of time. That's a hundred and fifty per month. Yeah. Did, did I do the right math? Yeah. Yeah. But but I enjoy it. I like One Piece. I like it a whole lot. Do you have anything interesting to say about One Piece, or is it um, just that you're watching One Piece and? You've made it. Do you have a hot take you have to share? I mean, I have so many hot takes about One Piece. Um, but I kind of want to talk about them with Squeebo mostly. Oh yeah, you guys, we, you guys we, just do that do shit our... without me. Fuck that. I don't want to talk about One Piece for an hour. When we when we do our next uh our next anime episode, me and Squeebo are gonna talk about One Piece for an hour, and is, it's gonna be is great. Squeebo gonna be on the next anime episode? They did request yes, to be on there. Of course, of course. We're gonna have to figure out how to make them sound decent because their microphone is terrible. Don't you have like three microphones? No, none that are like usable. I have like dog shit, like fucking. Really? I have like dog shit microphones that are absolutely god awful that nobody should ever use that are just sitting in piles of cords in bins, giant fucking bins in my basement. But I don't have any like actual like, okay, but- good usable mics. I have one. But I have a dog shit microphone that you gave me. Hey, don't 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 disrespect don't disrespect my microphone. That microphone that microphone's been 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 through a lot with me. Okay? I didn't even I I didn't even want to give it to you, honestly. I have a weird sentimental attachment to that microphone. It was like, I don't know, I recorded like all my first like pathetic podcasts with that microphone, everything. I recorded all my all my rap songs with that microphone, all all types of shit. But um no the the funny thing is that Squeebo has the same microphone as you. It's a a blue snow oh? just a blue snowball mic and they have a fucking sock on it just like you do. But for some reason they sound absolutely terrible all the time. I think I, I think it's literally the just their setup. Sock. I can get them I can get them the pair sock that I'm using on this microphone right now and see if that makes a difference. <laughs> okay. It's a really thick sock. Well yeah, I guess we'll have Squeebo on Anime is Problematic Part 2. Um, but, but not, it, it, we can, we can do anime is problematic and we love anime. Okay. We gotta, we, I'd have, I'd have more fun on that than just the problematic thing because I kind of got, I kind of said everything I needed to say regarding that. Mm -hmm. I see. I just have so much to say about anime that I could just keep talking about it forever. Uh, including stuff that I think is problematic about it. So. And all of this stuff I think is equally important. 
so it tortures me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I could hypothetically just talk about problems with anime for hours and hours and hours and hours, but the thing that I really care about is the fucking actual, like, sex pest shit that's normalized in anime, yeah. and I think I did a pretty good job explaining as to, like, how how bad of an issue it is and why it's an issue on the, the first episode. Yeah. But we also need to get to queer representation and why most of it is dog shit and how representation of most people of color is dog shit um, and how it's just anime does a terrible job of portraying minorities. In I don't general. even like I don't even question like bad queer representation at this point in my life. That's probably a bad thing to be super apathetic about. But like I'm so I'm so used to all queer representation, especially trans representation, just being fucking awful just dog shit like it's either like the most like uh condescending like bullshit ever right like the whole like just shoving it in your face that they're an ally and constantly making like the transness of a character like a, a huge like point or it's just really transphobic and bad stereotypes usually i mean they don't really do that anymore i think in Hollywood, if you want to make a trans joke, they're just going to be like, nope, you can't do that because you'll get fucking canceled. But generally speaking, I think people's attitude and understanding of trans people is very negative. And I think trans people are one of the most hated demographics on Earth. And I think uh, the extent to which we are oppressed is downplayed a lot. Yes, but also I there is... There are specific cases of trans representation in anime that I personally really like. Um, Japan isn't really at the correct place in its current social movements where it can just have a trans character, a good trans character, who's, who most of their story isn't about being trans. Yeah. Just because it's still such a novelty to have... A trans character that isn't there to be made fun of. There's a lot of a um, lot of trans coded characters like Felix Argyle yeah. and shit like that, which I find incredibly offensive. Honestly, that they're going to, you know what I mean, like for their plot or like for what like for whatever reason, like a uh, transness is important to their story, but they're also not going to bite the bullet and like admit that they're trans. You know what I mean? And like yeah. make the statement that hi, uh, good trans person exists. But at the same time, that can basically that that... be boiled down to just industry pressure and, you know, utilitarianism yeah. on behalf of the creators. I think it definitely has a lot to do with censorship. I think that it's really difficult to have a character in an anime that where it's like, this is our trans character and they're trans and saying that very explicitly. Um, Are we talking like censorship like legally or not, just well, like socially? Just legally, there is quite a bit of censorship around um, gay stuff. Yeah, in anime, well, like they're... like you aren't allowed to have boys kissing; otherwise, it'll get taken off TV. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is the... why the the kiss at the end of Yuri on Ice had to be like covered by someone's arm. Fucking uh, Japan has insane obscenity laws. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure, like pornography is like illegal in Japan. To, like, some extent. Because, like, it's... all pornography in Japan, like, everything is pixelated. Not that I yeah. have looked at it myself, but, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
but yeah, it is that you are legally required to censor even even drawings that yeah. are uh, pornographic. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. But I also there isn't any legal censorship around explicitly having trans characters. Yeah, but it is definitely a thing where they just no producers are going to pick that up. No right. producers are going to pick up a story that uh that has an explicit trans character that isn't there to be made fun of. Um yeah. but we are we're getting closer and closer. Um like a Wonder Egg priority, for instance, um, which is a show that started out really extremely strong and then kind of went off the rails partway through. Uh still good, still really worth watching. Highly recommend it. But um, Wonder Egg Priority has a canon uh, trans male character, which is huge because usually um, because, you know, cis people are only threatened by trans women and because they they're misogynists and don't take women as. A yeah, we had a threat. whole discussion about um, that. Yeah. Uh, so it's so they, they only make fun of trans women. And so there's like no trans male characters. Um but Wonder Egg Priority does have one. I think he might even say, like, I was born in the wrong body, or I'm a boy in a girl's body, something like that. But he literally wears a jacket that has the trans pride flag on it. And Oh shit. Part of part of his thing is um dealing with uh suicidality around being trans. Of course. Um, and but he's he's just a side character. He's kind of fleeting. And then one of a member of the main cast is actually pretty. There's a lot of debate around around whether she's uh, canonically trans feminine or is somehow meant to be a parallel to the trans experience. I mean, there are definitely parallels with her story and the trans experience. But um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, and. Yeah, one of the many reasons that I think people should still watch Wonder Egg Priority, even if it kind of went haywire. Uh, when it comes to, like, illustrating the trans experience, like, especially, like, for cis people, like, I just, I just feel, I, just, I don't know, I just feel, like, very apathetic regarding that. I feel like cis people are just never going to fucking get it. Like, no, like, I, I, think... I don't know any cis people that truly get it that are, like, over the age of, like, 23. Mm -hmm. I think that one... A, a way there there's ways to explain it that I think are pretty easy to understand, but I think that there's a lot of people that have the idea that they don't need to understand it in order to be supportive, which is completely right. Um, I disagree. They just have to understand that. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree necessarily. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you should be. I don't think you have to have an understanding of it to be supportive. But I. That's a. This is a huge like thing that i push this is like my fucking political platforms i want people to understand ethics and why uh why things are good or why things are bad and people who blindly accept uh ethics that are handed to them by society are fucking peasants they don't get it and it's it's really it's a really bad thing that we don't have we don't possess the logic to justify basic moral principles because it's just 
because they 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 don't have that strong foundation. They to, in order to truly uphold principles and follow them to the logical conclusion, they have to have a strong foundation of consistent logic behind them. And when it's just like this is bad because it's bad, like that's it's just it's fucking empty. Okay, I it's, think it, we, you're firing blanks. We we I think we had a misunderstanding. I think that there's people who are like I'm not really sure why you felt the need to transition. But I know that you felt that you needed to, and I'm going to be supportive of you. Um, and that's that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, um, I think that's unfortunately kind of the best we're going to get out of a lot of people. I think one one really good way of describing it to uh to cis people that I've I've heard about is um the feeling of hearing a recording of your own voice. And how it just kind of makes your your skin crawl, and how it just sounds wrong, um, and how a lot of trans people with dysphoria feel that just about their entire existence, just their entire physical body, their voices, the way that other people address them, um, all of that, uh, just feel this scent of innate wrongness. Um, and I think that that's pretty easy to understand. I think the big the big thing why people just need to be like, oh, well, I'm going to be supportive no matter if I understand exactly what you're feeling to make you transition or not. Um, I think that's a pretty good way to give them an inkling just because it's something relatable. I think a lot of people know what it's like to hear your own voice recorded. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it. I think I definitely agree that there is a problem that the only trans characters we have have to be transcoded um but i think that there's there's ways of gradually getting people to accept something and part of that can be starting with coded characters characters that aren't really explicitly trans um and there's there's ways that you see that idea implemented in all sorts of media and i don't th i think we could do a whole a whole episode dedicated to it um and also i might have some hot takes so i'm not uh -oh. even sure if i want to talk about hot it takes about uh, just trans representation in anime in general or just like coded characters no about coded characters and the way like before social upheaval happens around acceptance of a certain demographic you'll usually see characters that are meant to get you to sympathize with this demographic um and the utility of this can you can debate about it but it is we shouldn't we shouldn't get into this because I could we should have a dedicated that's, episode. Yeah, no, that's a really complicated thing too because I remember specifically when I when I have to explain the validity of trans people to cis people, like the first thing I have to do is show them like a super well passing like trans woman and be like, Does this look like a woman to you? Like you have to like tiptoe your way towards like the explicit yeah. like trans women are women thing no matter like you know what i mean like the ex the explicit like hard stance you kind of have to fucking like navigate with their own f navigate their own flawed understanding of how things work but i i i, un I understand what you're saying 
regarding coded characters. I just maybe this is just the Marxist in me. I I fucking hate just sitting here and watching things like slowly happen. Like I just I kind of just want to put a gun to everybody's head and tell them trans women are women, but obviously that's not going to work. I don't know exactly yeah. what the actual way to get the population. We can't we can't talk about this anymore because if we do, I'm not going to be able to because I have so many strong feelings. And I want to talk about it so bad, but we need to have a dedicated episode where the the episode we just talk about that and isn't just a meandering thing. Okay. Um. Do you think? But, do you think we're going to disagree a lot on that episode? No, but I think that if people took things I'm going to say out of context, <laughs> they might it might piss them off. Uh, here, I'll, I'll like, test run some of the opinions to you in the DMs. Um, okay, okay. New segment. Uh, to make sure... The, the Demigloom test. Yeah, yeah. Just to make sure, because I am... See, I've, I've gotten... I, I've mentioned before that I'm autistic. But um, something that's weird is, growing up, I'd have these experiences where I'd ask a question and I'd be like, well... Why, why isn't, why don't we think this? And then people would have this, like, violent, angry response that I even dared to ask that question. And I'd just be sitting there like, it, it really feels so completely wrong to you guys that you guys are mad at me for even asking this question. Um, and that happens so much that now I'm terrified of, <laughs> of having, uh, hot takes or suggesting new new things without like running it by someone first especially yeah. publicly yeah if you're going to talk about politics publicly i think you kind of just have to accept that a you're going to get taken out of context to spread incredibly false narratives about what you believe in and uh b no matter what uh people are going to meet you with raw hatred and that's just yeah. this is kind of how it works uh we haven't really gotten a whole lot of hate from this podcast except for people just calling us cringe but i think if we continue to expand who's calling us cringe i want to meet them i want to talk to them squeebo keeps sending this podcast to like their fucking servers full of the like, gamer boys <laughs> hi gamer boys how no, are you they're doing not, they're not watching they're not watching i i want them to watch no this, poor squeebo th like what why is what what, what why are you saying poor squeebo because because Squeebo thinks that we have a good podcast, and then they're uh, they're sending the podcast to people who are absolutely not our demographic, and probably getting some heat for it. Well, they're they're incredibly aware. They know exact. They knew exactly what yeah. was going to happen from the beginning. It's not like they uh, expected positive reinforcement. Okay. Okay. We really need. I want to have. I, we need to have haters, Demi Gloom. Start, start uh, promoting us on <laughs> on uh, slash poll on 4chan. See, I like I like where you're going with this, but I'm so fucking. I spent. You got okay. You got to remember with the negative XP drama. Fucking yes. Like hundreds of people. Like I had I had hundreds of haters just constantly flooding yes. every fucking app that i had with just like the w most heinous shit ever it just flooded like i literally couldn't like post anything 
anywhere without like the comments literally yeah. just being like 41 41 41 41 41 kill yourself kill yourself negative xp like they'll even send like negative xp songs like a fucking k-pop stan and it's just like <laughs> i dealt with that for so long that i just don't want it anymore and i've yeah. i've successfully i've successfully gotten those people away by literally just blocking the fuck out of people like literally just block everyone and this is my i'm publicly endorsing this by the way block anyone who pisses you off on the internet there's no use in fucking arguing with them or letting your comments get flooded by haters like literally just block them yeah like engage with people who engage with people who want to engage with you in good faith engage with people who are actually going to have a productive conversation with you just don't fucking argue with haters. It's the way. It's a waste of time. I've wasted hours of my life doing that. Unless it's really See, funny. But I, if it's really funny, then do it. Yes, I I want us to have an episode where we bring haters on, and for that to happen, we need haters. I can. I, I want to bring on and have an episode where, like, uh, like the the Ben Shapiro strat, where we bring on people who are completely unprepared to argue with us. And then completely destroy them and team up on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, crave I don't know this. about that. I mean, if you want, if you want, just like Nazis who hate trans people, I have a lot of people that I know. That sounded really. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds really. That sounds really bad. I'm like, yeah, I know a guy. But like throughout the whole like negative XP thing, like some of my some of my haters are really fucking funny, and I never unfriended them or blocked them. I just muted them. And every now and then. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll poke the bear with a stick, you know, just to feel something, and it's really funny. Uh -huh. Like the time I had, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge this: the trigger warning podcast hosted by Demi Gloom, where I debated a bunch of Nazis and defended trans rights. Uh, like all those, like most of those people are still in my contacts. Like I could bring them on anytime I want. I just yeah. don't want to anymore. It's just not fun. Like I I'm burned out. See, you haven't people like I had a people literally harassing me for like months and months and months and just like any fucking vc that i hopped in was like yo that's fucking debbie gloom the insert slurs here and just like just ridiculed me for so much for so much time yeah that it's just i don't care anymore and it's it's and i, I sound like i sound like i'm playing the victim i actually don't care like it's not something that actually upsets me anymore but it's it's something that i just don't want to do anymore totally burned out it's not fun yeah. it's not there's no like shock to that anymore because i've had an audience of hundreds of nazis at a, at one point and it wasn't very fun yeah i i understand and we don't have to but kind of related i got kind of an inkling of not not quite as bad and not for as long but i did get an inkling of that genre of hater where they just come at you in droves and this is actually a pretty yeah. funny story um so this was back when i uh when i was on tiktok which i'm not anymore did you um, make tiktoks did you post uh a little bit that's but a yes not really that's a yes that was the hesitant yes a reluctant yes let no, me find no, your tiktok like, real quick no no fuck off you won't find me anyway because you don't know the the username i'll figure it out you i'm a little absolutely won't i'm a little internet detective okay i've i've I'm solved gonna, a lot of mysteries that people thought i couldn't solve i'm gonna I, I'm get back persistent. into this account and okay okay but but back on the topic the reason i'm not on tiktok anymore is because uh 
I have a super strong sense of justice, and I'll kind of feel obligated to engage with people who I feel have a really, really incorrect viewpoint. Um, and part of partially for fun, partially because I feel obligated to. Um, this is another example so TikTok- of you saying some, something like verbatim what I say, but it, it's sounding way better coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I like to talk to Nazis all the time. But like you word it in a way that sounds like much, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I've people with very incorrect viewpoints. I feel an obligation to engage with them. I envy you. So, so TikTok found this out about me, right? So the TikTok algorithm started feeding me videos that it knew would piss me off so that I would comment and engage with people. And then the algorithm would send me more of stuff that was going to piss me off. Uh, which is hilarious, but also made TikTok pretty unusable for me, so that's why I don't use it anymore. Um, but, uh, but what happened, the, like, greatest culmination of this was, this is something that Squeebo knows, um, not, not exactly what happened to me, but the topic that it's around. So, there's this, uh, this comic, right? It's called yeah. Killing Stalking. It's called Killing yep. Stalking. Yep. I didn't want to talk about that, but go on. <laughs> um, and essentially, if you have no idea what Killing Stalking is, it's a yaoi uh, where, um, where a guy gets kidnapped and is, like, forced to be this other guy's housewife and, like, gets both his legs broken constantly. And it's really, it's really terrible. Um, and it's also, it's also, it's a porn. Um, it, there's a lot of really graphic rape scenes. And, yeah, can we um, not talk about that, please? Can we move along yeah, quickly? But the, you didn't have to say yes. the word. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but, uh... I, uh, there was this, uh, content creator who I, um, who I was following for a while. They were, a uh, a cosplayer and he decided to cosplay, uh, Sangwoo from, from Killing Stalking. And who and is Sangwoo? I, he's, I think he's, he's the killer guy. I think he co- actually cosplayed both of them, both the killer guy and the victim guy. <laughs> okay. Um, and I commented on this, like, dude, this is really disappointing. And I, uh, I uh, am a really big fan of your art, but I just can't get down with this. Um, and this is something, yeah, it's, it, anyway. Um, and then what happened? was he um he did one of those things where you reply to a comment with a video yeah and what he did was essentially like scream crying like how could you say that to me that's so terrible and like how dare you not like me for because i uh, like this terrible thing and something that killing stalking uh fans will always say is oh oh it's not it's not a yaoi it's a it's a horror um just 
to uh, uh, killing stalking is a horror but it is also a yaoi um and anyone who says it's just a horror is kind of in blatant denial um including the author the author claims that it's just a horror but then like retweets fan art of the characters in like a fluffy domestic setting and it's like hmm this is but anyway so they they made this response to me right and um it got 75,000 views of all all killing stalking fans and i was harassed continuously for about 3 days um they they found my other social media and harassed me there and like told me really really kind of unspeakable things that it's it's funny because i was like liking this thing has moral implications about your character and then they went and confirmed all of those suspicions <laughs> by saying this shit to me yeah um and uh yeah it was kind of insane they uh, like all I, I had a small handful of videos and they flooded the comments of all of them with uh with hate and um like found the instagram that my mom follows and told me all of these awful things um and literally i had to reach out because it I'm sure you you know, but sometimes there's just too many of them to block. Yeah, it's just you can you can block who you see, but there's always going to be more people. Um, and I had to go to the content creator and be like, "Dude, your psycho fans have been <laughs> harassing me around the clock for three days, and I'm at the end of my fucking rope. Tell them to stop." Um, and he did. He did. It was like very begrudging, though. It was like. <sighs> No one come after this person and harass them for what they said. Um, yeah, without it, it was it was really silly because I did tell him the terrible things that they were saying to me. But it's obvious that he didn't actually give a shit that people were saying that to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would that's, if that's, if if my fans did something like that, like if I made a statement like shit talking somebody on the internet and my fans went after them like that fucking brutally i would be so disappointed in myself for attracting yeah. that kind of person yeah but you know at the end of the day it um pretty much confirmed all of my hypotheses about the moral implications of being a fan of killing stalking <laughs> yeah yeah anyway it's it's it was long enough ago that it's just funny now but it was it was pretty fucking bad for for the time period that it was happening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I really that was just for 3 days and not not all of them. There were like a, a very small handful of people that were saying truly despicable awful things to me. Um and then there was a much larger majority who were like you're a terrible person for saying that to them how yeah. could you say that they're not a good person for liking killing stalking and saying that you won't like their videos anymore so you said um, seventy-five thousand views and this is a tiktoker who cosplayed uh killing stalking characters yeah 
and they also made an apology video. Not I'm, really an apology. Okay, yeah, I, I know, not but... an apology, but they just told their fans, listen, you guys know what to do. You guys know what to do. <laughs> I laid out. The, I got. I I milked those details out of Ferris. Go find it. Go find their TikTok. Please don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna delete it before anyone can. Okay, buddy. None of you. None of you were allowed. Listen, but man. Yeah. I've I've suffered through the existence of my YouTube channel that I started in 2014, and I'm just jealous of people who don't have a catalog of disgusting cringe content that people can hold over their head. I was a fucking Minecraft YouTuber, was I? I don't know. I made like two Minecraft, a couple Minecraft videos and like toy reviews and shit. Most cringe That's cute, though. content ever. It's it's awful. It's so bad. I'm glad that it's still up. Like I wouldn't delete it if I had the chance. In fact, I'm mad at myself for having deleted a fair amount of its content. Like there is sentimental value there, but it's also just like like what you said about the sound of your own voice like there's nothing worse than the sound of your yeah. own voice when you were a child or when you yeah. were younger, like significantly younger it's like god i really and the funny thing is i say like frick and heck on that youtube channel all the time because um, i was horrified that my my parents would like sit through all my videos and like look for me to say something dirty or whatever because because of course i was a middle schooler my parents didn't know that i swore or i thought they didn't know that i swore but uh, in, in middle school, I was, like, saying fuck, like, every other word. And it's just really funny how the channel doesn't reflect mm -hmm. that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, there's FNAF content on there, too. That's that's the worst part. Five Nights at Freddy's. We should, we should play Five Nights at Freddy's and upload it to YouTube. Which one? All those of games, them. Those games fucking suck, dude. And that's not just yeah. me coping. That's not just me coping because I don't like Scott Cawthon. But, like, I, genu like, I genuinely don't think... The games are really good. I think they're they're fun, they're a little bit fun. So I guess they they might be worth playing. But it's art. It, the the appeal of FNAF is the art, and obviously there's the lore, which I've watched a fuck ton of game theory videos back in the day. Like I was super into that. But at this point in my life, it's really just like the visuals and the art and just the general like situational horror of the security guard position. The gameplay itself is like nothing special. All true statements. I'd actually even go a step further and say that every FNAF game is bad. It is they're all bad games. They all suck. They're all lazy. Um but uh what but can it's, I it's say? Hard to, it's uh, hard to judge them so harshly because he was just like a humble, like little programmer who just like you know, it was And then and then he donated a bunch of his money to Newt Gingrich. The money that he made off of FNAF to Newt Gingrich. He was just he was just a little guy, and then he donated all his <laughs> money. To, to, what is his name? Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich. Gingrich. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know anything about him except the uh, really he bad like, policies that were screenshotted in the he, replies of Scott Cawthon's tweets. He unironically, uh, like argued when he ran for president back in the. Uh, Obama re-election days, uh, and he just ran in the primaries. I don't know why I remember all this, but uh, he'd like argue that in order to pay for school, poor students should do janitorial work. Oh my god! Uh, to pay for their like elementary school education, which is so so transparently 
targeting and, and wanting uh, students who are people of color to be subservient to richer students. See, this is just most like... Most of which will be white. The most like explicit, explicitly bourgeois thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That's like... You know, he's, they... he's super mega cringe. I he might be dead. I really hope so. Um, he's one of those those guys. <laughs> you know, it's it's not often that your oppressors just like laugh in your face like that, and it's always really yeah. funny and also just fucking depressing when that is the case. Because yeah. it it reminds you why... that this is it reminds you that this is what like a large fraction of our population actually believes in and just doesn't say. Yeah, I mean, Newt Gingrich. He wasn't the nominee. Mitt Romney beat Newt Gingrich for a reason because he he definitely he was kind of a cringe lord. Um, Mitt Romney got fucking destroyed by Obama in that uh, that rap battle. <laughs> epic rap battles of history. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. I'm a huge fan of rigged. epic rap battles of history. I love that. I love that. I think that that's a great thing to be a fan of. It's There's, just like, it's... and this is this is part of why. I uh, I want to play FNAF and record it because I just love the FNAF fandom. And in their their what can I say? Autistics, they're my target demographic. I want them to watch my videos. Um and our target demographic is people who at some point in their life felt compelled to draw a Sonic the Hedgehog character. <laughs> That's our demographic. <laughs> you Let's fucking go! Absolutely. Of a demographic Absolutely. of which I am a part of, by the way. That's another fandom I love. I love the Sonic fandom. I think that they're so funny. Um, See, I love all these love... like cringe fandoms, except like some of them are. You, you'll also like. Obviously, it's a small minority of them, but like for some reason, like the most like heinous fucking people on the internet are like a part of these fandoms. Like they always are. I. See, I don't know if I'm actually... I am diagnosed with autism, but I don't know if this is too problematic to say, but I might I might just say it anyway, and you can cut it out if it's too bad. But um, I think that that is a thing where people... Autistic people, 90% of the time, or 99 or 99.9% .9 of the time, are awesome people. But then every once in a while, there is... There is someone who, for whom that stereotype about um, not having any empathy is really true. And um, yeah. it's, I mean, the, the idea didn't just come out of nowhere that autistic people don't have empathy. Um, I mean, there's multiple reasons for that, but um, it is an actual, it is an actual thing. Not, obviously not all autistic people lack empathy, but it it's... One of the bajillion possible symptoms. Um, and I think that it's also a really easy way to become isolated socially. Yeah. Um, that early... See, I don't want to use incel lingo, but early childhood rejection um, and just scorn from your peers has a real lasting psychological impact. 100%. Um, which is this and... is a huge this is a huge reason why I'm just gonna say it like all my friends throughout my life, not all of them, a lot of my friends throughout my life have been autistic, and there's a reason why I relate to them, and I think a big part yeah. of it is because 
most people with autism throughout their childhood don't understand nor care to understand the social pressures that uh, push them to act be a certain way and uphold the standard of coolness or whatever the fuck is popular at the moment. And those are the people who were always fucking outcasted and didn't care to engage in the performative nature of, like I said, coolness. And that's why autistic people are fucking awesome. That's why I yeah. love I love autistic. There, I said it. I love people with autism. I think autism. <laughs> I think autism leads people like to uh, a good a good path. Oftentimes, and as we said, there are exceptions, obviously. But I I genuinely believe autism. Autism is a condition. It's a uh, a state of being that within our current society has led people to a path of stronger intelligence, moral character, and a lot of just attributes that i personally value in another person and there that's is, why all my friends are autistic it is a real symptom of autism uh and, and it's one that i experience which is um hyper empathy just feeling too much empathy to the point where it can actually be really overwhelming um and that's it's and then on the opposite end of the spectrum we have people who don't feel enough or any empathy. Um, and I suffer I think, from crippling empathy, man. That's probably another yeah. reason why I relate to people with autism. You're you're fucking autistic, Demi Gloom. I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely not. <laughs> you autistic. really are. You totally are. Um, I'm an honorary anyway. autist. Okay. Okay. Let good compromise. Honorary autist. Um, autist and but, people with autism fucking love me. They tell me like I can say the R slur and shit. They're like, yeah, you're one of us. <laughs> Even if you're not actually autistic, like like straight up, there's just these weird demographics of people that just really relate to me like strongly, and they they don't care that I'm not one of them. They just let me be, you know what I mean, be one with their demographic, and I think it's pretty fucking cool. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love back back to what we were talking about. I love cringe fandoms. I love bronies. I love FNAF fans. I love Do you know how many Sonic brony fans. murderers there have been? Yeah. I think that a lot. That, that's <laughs> a lot of that's bronies segment... have killed people. I find that hilarious. That is pretty funny, but I think that that's that fandom in particular um the type of person who gets into that fandom generally receives a lot of that social scorn, a lot of that um rejection and early childhood rejection right. that can cause a lot so this so, so social isolation and a lot of people cope with all of that by just saying fuck literally everyone yeah and that true. can lead you down really really dark paths and you can see that with incels with like just that whole 4chan demographic yeah um yeah. I think I think the reason why bronies particularly like experience a lot of social isolation is because we live in a society that is for a partic especially with children's franchises and toys and such are so explicitly gendered that if you as a man say <laughs> you as a man if you say you like my little pony or have an interest in my little pony even if you just like the show you don't even want to buy a you don't even want to fucking buy a pony toys you just like the show you are making a statement about gender roles in society because mm -hmm. society tells you you can't like this 
Yeah. That's that's why I wasn't a My Little Absolutely. Pony fan throughout my childhood. I loved that fucking show. But I've never told anybody about it. I never, you know what I mean? Never never once did I like watch it in front of anybody else. It was it was literally <laughs> it literally like I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not like it's not like you're you're a marginalized person. But it has like mm-hmm. actual like I think going through that, like being told that you have to you have to be exhibit these characteristics because of your gender. I think that can be very traumatizing. And fucking fucking Republicans say that we're trying to groom kids into our fucking gender theory when literally mm-hmm. they are psychologically torturing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also worth pointing out that there are a lot of trans femme uh, My Little Pony fans. Oh, yeah. 100%. So many. And then the ones that... Uh, either super mega repress or the ones that aren't trans femme become Nazis. <laughs> the ones, well, most of them that's, yeah, they super mega repress and then become Nazis. That was, that's what happened with, um, do you know who, what was his name? Randy Stare. Do you know who Randy Stare is? No. He was this guy and I feel strange using any pronouns to describe him, but that is, that is what he went by. Randy Stare was this just let me make sure. Let me make sure I'm talking about, I'm using the right name. I'm not saying some innocent person's name when describing a fucking murderous psychopath. Yeah, his name is Randy Stare. He was this guy who, um, well, he like he was a brony. He liked My Little Pony and shit, but he like specifically, um, he he believed, he genuinely like believed, like, 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 like we're talking like Chris Chan levels of delusion. This guy mm. genuinely believed that he was a ghost girl from Danny Phantom. And that that life was awaiting him uh, upon his death. And like, I don't know. All I'm trying I'm trying to say is that repressing leads people to crazy fucking places. He was like, a, yeah. I don't know if he was a Nazi, but he was a white supremacist for sure. Yeah. He was just. Like, I think that it- <laughs> he made like the okay. I just want to share something funny about this guy. He um, <laughs> he he killed a bunch of his coworkers at a grocery store, and it was fucking tragic. And this guy. The one thing that he wanted to release before his death was an animation. And he tried to hire voice actors for this fucking Danny Phantom school shooting animation. And <laughs> none of them did it. Oh like, my literally god. Nobody, nobody did it because it was literally like a glorified like school shooting with like these ghost girls from Danny Phantom. Where they're like, yeah, that's what you get for bullying me. Wow. Like, <laughs> I just... Wow. Repressing repressing your gender identity leads you to some pretty dark places, to say the least. (laughs) And cringe, like, when I say, like, the most heinous people are in cringe fandoms, like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, for one reason or another, like, these cringe fandoms are appealing to, like, people with literally no empathy. Yeah. It, um, I also, I, uh, oh, God, what was I going to say? I love, uh, Warrior Cats kids. Love furries in general. Huge, huge fan of furries. Warrior um, cats? You don't know warrior cats? Hold on. God, this is the trans-masculine oh, experience versus no. the trans-feminine experience. Oh, I do, I do know what these are. I had friends who were females that ended up becoming trans-masks later in life who were into it is, that, yeah. It is, it, it's a trans-mask thing, I will say. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I love, but people who are, like, really into it, especially into adulthood are always so based and so talented, and I love them so much. <laughs> I still, there's still a lot of uh, animators who, 
their entire channel is doing Warrior Cats animations, who I still subscribe to on YouTube, and I still watch their videos, because they're just insanely talented artists. Um, yeah, I think it's, 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 the, the, the common denominator here is, uh, is autism. <laughs> yeah. Except me. Yeah. I'm the one. Except you. You're the one exception, Demi Gloom. I, I genuinely do not believe I have autism. Well, well, Demi Gloom, did you know that when I was a child, my parents were actually told that it wasn't possible that I had autism, so they never tested me for it. And now, as a 20-year-old, I am diagnosed with autism. <laughs> Listen, I'm choosing to believe that I'm not autistic. I'm choosing okay. this is fine. to roll this with is this fine. bias. This is fine. And it's, I don't know. It's not something that's this been a part of my identity. I fucking, you know, can I? Can I, I, just... I, mostly, I mostly just bring it up to tease you. I know. And it's funny. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, can I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I just want to say something about autism really quickly. Yes. Um, the way people treated my, my friends who had autism when I was a kid, it was just, obviously there's like bullying and shit, but more particularly from like, I guess, supportive people, like my family, like even like my family members, like they told me, like my teachers and family members, like many people, they told me like they were like so proud of me for like being like a supportive, like friend to this autistic kid who I was best friends with. Oh my like God. Grade people to told grade. me that too. People told like, me that too. They were like, listen, guy, listen, listen, man, like that, that boy doesn't have anybody. He's a pathetic loser. And you know, you're obviously they didn't say that, but like, that's, it, it seems like their perception of them was that they're just like such losers that nobody wants to hang out with them. And I'm just like, D look, he's fucking awesome. Okay. He's a great person. And I, I love him because of that. And I want to hang out with him because he's really fucking cool. And it has, it's like this like weird, like thing. They like, they were like really just proud of me for being friends with someone with autism. And I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's really, it's extremely patronizing treating anyone who would be friends with an autistic person, especially a very, like, an autistic person who can't mask. Um, yeah. It's, it, treating that, like, as a heroic act in and of itself is so fucking ableist and yeah. so patronizing, and I hate it. Um, and it's, it's especially ironic because um, I, I was definitely that kid where I'd be cool to kids who were visibly disabled or um, autistic and couldn't mask it. Um, and I'd be, like, one of the only people to be nice to them. Um, and then, like, I'd hear, like, a teacher would call home about it, and then one of my parents would be like, you know, I am so proud of you for doing this, and that is so yeah. good. And it is, it, it's also a thing that whenever I saw someone who was alone, I would very consciously be like, okay, I'm going to be friends with that person now. Um, and that, I've, really, that is, you do that. That's interesting. That I it, had no idea. Um, and I think that that is a good trait to have. I think that it's, it's good to see someone who's being excluded um, and go, okay. I'm going to go up to this person and become friends with them because it's really fucking sucks to be alone like that. And it's a feeling that I, I know personally, which is why I felt so strongly. I've always felt so strongly about um going and 
seeing people who are sad and alone and just picking them up by the scruff of their neck and putting them in my inventory. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just when you when you like say you're like proud of somebody for for being friends with someone with autism, it almost implies that they're less deserving of friendship and stuff. And it's like yeah. as if like I I'm like carrying like extra baggage and I'm like doing something I don't have to do or like I shouldn't have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, dude, he's fucking awesome. These people are fucking awesome. And the, it's like it's the same attitude that people like when they walk when they talk to somebody who's like. Uh, very clearly, like, disabled just from, like, their speech patterns or, like, like the way they walk or whatever, you know what I mean? Just shit like mm-hmm. that, I don't know. Um, a lot, like you said, people who can't mask, a lot of people who, um, who their, their disability is very visible, uh, people will, like, act so fucking patronizing to them, like, they're fucking idiots, they'll be like, hey, buddy, do you want to go over here? And, like, just the, the way they talk to them, and... That same attitude is reflected when people are like, oh, man, I'm so proud of you for being friends with that person. And it's, I don't know, I'm talking in circles again, which is something I do chronically. Uh... This is actually, I have a kind of funny story about this. So um, even though I wasn't diagnosed with autism until I was 20, um, I was diagnosed with... shit, you're with... fucking 20. Yes. I forgot yes, about I'm that. Yes, I'm 20. Um... But I was diagnosed with ADHD as, like, a fucking infant. Um, and, yeah, it's it was... I, I had very male-presenting ADHD, um, which was the reason I got diagnosed so early. Um, and because of that, I was uh, in special ed for quite a while. Not like I was in a completely different classroom that was all with disabled kids that uh, yeah. my schools didn't didn't have that um it was just a thing where like i'd have a person who would come pull me out of class and um do stuff with me and then like someone where there would be a room after school that i could go to and have someone help me with my homework stuff like that um and uh especially like just having someone hovering around me all the time to make sure I was getting shit done because otherwise I would just draw or read um and wouldn't pay attention to my schoolwork at all. For the most part they failed miserably in getting me on task, but they tried. Um props to them for that. But uh because because of this, I think that people who like had never spoken to me really thought that I was like severely disabled. Um, even though I don't even like I'm, the term severely disabled. Like <laughs> like extreme very impaired and yeah. really yeah. Um and so for a while in middle school there was this girl and every time she passed by me oh, in the God. hallway um she'd be like yeah, it was a girl. Um and I I genu- I think that she had the best of intentions. I, I'll say that, but um, every time she passed me in the hallway, she'd go like, "Give me a high five. Oh my god! And and I'd be like, in my head, I'd be like, "Hmm, that's really weird." But whatever. If she wants a high five, I'm gonna give her a high five. Um, and she did this every single time we passed in the hallway, and it didn't occur to me until years later that oh, she probably she probably 
had this vision of who I was that just is not who I am at all. <laughs> yeah. It's it and it that's hilarious to me. And I I truly I truly hope that she's doing that she's doing well out there. Um but uh yeah, that's a thing that happened. That's so fucking weird, but it's the shit that <laughs> it's I've seen. Really weird. I've seen that I've seen that myself too. Even with like yeah. adults to autistic kids, like s- school staff members. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the autism episode. That's what this is. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we talked about other stuff at the beginning. I don't remember what it was, but... Yeah. Yeah. Something. But, uh, yeah, it it's it's silly. I've had some silly experiences, Um, and it seems like a lot of, like, before I was diagnosed... Almost everyone except me knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, like, when I was pursuing diagnosis, um, funny enough, it was, it was some autistic friends of mine that were like, you almost certainly have autism and should really get tested. Um, but after that you point, I'd name. start, oh, shit, uh, beep that. But after, after they started, um, started telling me like oh you you should really check that out um i started asking people in my life like do you think i have autism and the answer was like probably i won't say nine times out of ten even though that's the saying probably like seven times out of ten they'd say maybe or probably uh which is really funny um yeah and I definitely, it definitely affected me socially for a really long time. Um, I kind of had to learn very quickly at a certain point how to mask a certain way and how to present myself in a way that's likable. Um, because naturally, and this, this, I can't, this isn't something that I can rep- repress fully. It's just in my nature, but I'm a cringe lord. I'm such a cringe lord. Um, and people have historically always hated me for it, um, and it caused a lot of problems where, uh, very obvious lies that were spread about me were believed because people were looking for an excuse to hate me because I was a cringe lord, um, and by extension, because I'm autistic, uh, and this the is even- all this time. It's yeah. happening to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is this is even this is there's a lot of spaces like our school, um, where everyone fancies themselves so liberal and so progressive, um, but when it comes down to it, they really are bigoted and they're completely performative. Um, and this is this is a big. In this huge social justice boom era, when I was going to school, that's when my the bullying was the worst for me. Um, just just a lot of really shitty, judgmental people looking for an excuse to feel better than other people. Um, and yeah, it 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 actually it's really it's really frustrating because a lot of these people would self-identify as being allies to neurodivergent people. Or, um, or wouldn't, like, th- they're not the kind of person that would ever admit to disliking people 
for being autistic. Uh, they probably wouldn't even but, admit it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but nevertheless, absolutely, absolutely a thing. Um, and I really see that's part of the reason why I kind of just want to shout to the world. I'm diagnosed with autism because it makes see, of course, bullying me was always wrong. But in a weird way, it makes it feel even more heinous. Like, people truly were just harassing me for being disabled. Um, and, yeah, it, I, I really, really hope that all of those fuckers um, see me talking, talking about it and go, oh, holy shit. <laughs> I'm yeah, a they terrible won't, person. They'll, they'll, never, they'll, they they'll never admit that they exhibit is the fucking word of the day. But they'll never admit that they exhibit any amount of bigotry. None of them ever will. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen this overwhelmingly. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think there have been a few cis women in my life who felt extremely uncomfortable and threatened by my presence because I am very obviously somebody who has a penis and I identify as a woman and wish to be categorized among them. But um, they were the people that shared the trans women are women infographs on Instagram and they were people who were trans accepting in theory. And I think that they had a sort of i think that their brain would just try to come up with a reason another reason for disliking me yeah rather than just cuz they'll they'll never admit that like they'll they will like uh a supposed ally will never admit like yeah uh a huge fucking amab trans woman uh walking into the women's restroom uh makes me uncomfortable and part of me really just wants people to admit that to themselves and yeah ask themselves why and question that you know what i mean like that's just you know the performative activism is the root of all evil and so it's so true it's bad it's really bad because and this is what i said earlier i don't know if this was in the scrapped recording or this recording but i said something about uh people people attempting to enforce morals that they couldn't that they can't logically justify yeah um this I know I know that's like a debate bro take like I'm I'm the person who's like fuck who asks people to debate me every time but I really think it is important if you believe something is wrong to understand why it is wrong why people do that why you shouldn't do that and what, performative activism is a perfect example of people attempting to uphold certain moral standards but without actually understanding the point of them yeah. and bullying people for being autistic or being uncomfortable when a trans woman walks into the women's restroom yeah. And it's it's definitely people enjoy the aesthetic of being activists, of course, um, and enjoy the aesthetic of being progressive, but they aren't actually down with it. They don't. No. It it really. And this is actually part. You you said earlier that you just really like and get along with autistic people, and mm -hmm. I think part of the reason might be, um, is a lot of us have difficulty like seeing things from other people's perspective um like just just intrinsically um and it's there's things where like as a kid i'd ask questions where i'd be like why why is this thing a certain way i said this earlier but um why is this thing a certain way and why isn't it this other way instead and people would blow up at me because they were so angry that I didn't just 
inherently know this. Um, but I think that, that that people blowing up at you and being really angry at you for for not being able for not just inherently understanding things um i think that it helps us grow into better people in a way at at, at a certain level it was really traumatic and still affects me but um on the other hand i've gotten really used to hearing people out and changing my behavior once i've learned why i'm wrong um and i think i think that it 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 does me a few a few favors um i won't say that being autistic in these experiences make me a better person because obviously that's dumb but uh but i think that it's just this weird experience that ends up being useful yeah i think that's i think that's fair i still think it's not a good i i still think you shouldn't blow up at people there's always a better alternative mhm always a more productive way to get your message across I think another reason why I get along with people with autism so well or relate to them so well is because performative bullshit is something that oftentimes autistic people don't even care about or don't even wish to engage in. Yeah. Like the performative activism bullshit. Like it's all of that shit. Like the majority of people who are like autistic or I guess obviously autism is a spectrum and we're all on the spectrum to some degree. There's the whole fucking question of it. Don't say that. Well, if you're if you're all the way if you're on the far left of the spectrum, which is not autistic at all, that technically you're on the spectrum on the end of not autistic, right? But we I think we agree that the majority of people are at least like point zero 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 one percent uh autistic, right? Isn't that the thing? I think no. Um I think that it's Well autism is just of... it's just if it's 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 just Hold like on. a set of things where if it's becomes life dominating enough or like mind dominating enough then it's considered autism there you go that's that's the correct statement um yeah there's there's certain traits that are considered once you have all of these traits or most of these traits to a certain degree you are autistic and a lot of people will have these traits um very mildly or like have one of these traits um but won't have enough of the other traits to be considered autistic. Yeah. Um, and what I'm what I'm issue... saying is it's it's a meter. On. Like once it's full. No, that's also not true. Well, that's literally um, what you just said. No. Is that if you exhibit them to a, a if you exhibit these characteristics to this extent, then it's considered autism. That's not what a spectrum is. As so, what you're you're thinking of is like a gradient where like. We go from white to black, and then there's this gray scale in between. That's a gradient. A spectrum would be like a full spectrum of color. Like when you think about the color wheel. Um, yes. Where we have all of these colors, and they blend into each other and interact with each other, and then we have all of our colors that we can see. Um, and it's not it's not like a sliding scale where you go like, you inch further and further and then ooh you're autistic and it's also people it's that the thinking of it as a gradient is um isn't super helpful also because it ends up justifying some some ableist ideas um like the 
the idea that you can be less autistic or more autistic. Like, there are people who can, like, who can speak fluently and people who are autistic who you would never be able to tell just by speaking to them or um, by sharing a space with them that they are autistic. But when you look closer at their day-to-day functioning, um, they might really struggle with, like, executive dysfunction, where someone who may seem completely, completely fine and normal on one hand is, on the other hand, really, really struggling. Um, and we, we think of, we think of people, like, people with, uh, autistic people with, like, who are effective where they have a lower IQ. We think of that as, like, that's the most autistic you can be. But that's just not, that's just one, that's just the low IQ. That's, that's the problem. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird. It's, that's, that's why we say spectrum. Um, because it's I am whole... well aware that it's not a fucking gradient for the love well, of God. Well, that's what you described. It's what you described. Well, I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that in terms of like how we determine, I'm, I'm talking about how we determine it. I'm not even saying like fun, like as far as fundamental characteristics go. I'm just saying like as far as how we determine it, it's generally in like the perception of autism, right? Is generally like it's obviously many, so many different factors. Like we could not list them in an hour. There's so so many fucking factors that are all life dominating in their own way. But the way like we society have decided whether or not you have autism is to it's to it is based in to some extent this idea of to what extent do you uh, exhibit these characteristics? To what extent is it life dominating? To what extent is it affecting your ability to? I mean, that's literally the definition of like a disability, right? Is uh, so it's like a a care like a brain or physical characteristic that deviates from the norm that is hindering your ability to participate in society, right? Yes, but it's it's also it's the the real thing that needs to be really highlighted is that it's having all of these symptoms together. And at a a certain level of um of severity or impairing you to a certain degree, um and all of that together is autism. So you can have you can have one trait, and that wouldn't make you a little bit autistic. That would just no. make you have that one trait. Yeah, that's but I'm so saying that's, if we're, that's what I'm trying to say I'm, is that what I'm trying to say is that autism isn't in reality like. It's not like a fucking like physical thing that's in your body. It's I don't know how to explain my position. I don't think I explained it very well, but I also think you uh really misunderstood what I was trying to say. Well, I think I I think that your intent behind it um was probably well, really well thought out. It's just that you used some specific language that is kind of harmful that like oh we're all a little bit autistic that's the that's the problem those kind of sayings when i say we're all a little bit autistic what i really mean is we all exhibit these characteristics to a certain extent yeah so it is it the definition of to what extent these character and i know that's not a fucking gradient i know that there's multiple factors that you have to consider i, un- I understand all that 
I've known that for a very long time. What I'm trying to say is what exactly is autistic? You know what I mean? The line between mm-hmm. being somebody who has autism and somebody who is just exhibiting a set of characteristics to a certain extent is it's a socially constructed idea that revolves around society, right? Mm-hmm. Where that is exactly. So what I'm trying to, I don't even remember what the actual fucking point was. That was that was like a subtopic. That was like I was I was explaining that to make a pre, a previously established point. I think when it comes to observing behavior of of people who have autism, it's important to remember that that line, which is in many places, it's not a single line on a fucking gradient. It's just I don't know. It's difficult to actually group like fun like to fundamentally group what is and isn't autistic. And I think that's just an important thing to recognize when we're discussing the behavior of autistic people as if it's such a fundamental thing. This is absolutely true. That, that's what that I was is, trying to say. And that, I made that point that, to prove another point. I don't remember what that other point was. Sorry, but yeah, it's just, and there's also, there's just language that you hear that is this kind of boiled down, uh, these boiled down ideas that, can in fact come from a bunch of different places. You'll hear a lot of people say like, "Oh, well, we're all a little bit autistic, aren't we?" They'll say that because um because someone says, "Oh, I'm autistic," and they they want to say to that autistic person, "Well, you're not you're not really all that different." They're assuming that the autistic person is insecure about being autistic, that they're they're unhappy yeah. and that self by self-identifying as autistic that they're kind of inherently degrading themselves and that right. is really that is a really that is, problem i've i've witnessed that myself on numerous occasions and that is <laughs> very bad obviously i think what i was trying to say when i said we're all a little bit autistic i didn't finish what i was saying what i really meant was that this idea of what autism is is based on a set of characteristics that can that are are exhibited by everyone to varying degrees and as i said multiple times uh because i talk in circles it's the line is difficult to draw so i was talking yeah. about observing the behavior of people with autism and i meant to acknowledge what you were saying as it's everybody with has a very different experience with autism and uh to certain Certain variables, you know what I mean? Like it's like a video game with like different stats, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody has different like levels of, of everybody is affected to varying degrees by certain characteristics, and yeah. it's important to not try to. It's, it's it's important to not generalize. And what I said about people with autism, I guess, um, be, like not doing the performative bullshit. I can. I can acknowledge that that's not the case with all autistic people. It's just uh, statistically, at least in my experience, it's it's a pattern that I've noticed. That was the whole point. Yeah, I'm trying to say that I've noticed. I noticed there's a lot of patterns within autistic people, but it's also not like all autistic people are driven down the same exact path. It's just that patterns exist when people have common experiences. Yeah, yeah, and that's completely true and valid. And I'm glad you said it actually. I'm rhetorically ineffective. I should quit this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll genuinely like have a really good point, and I'll do a good job explaining it. But it takes me so fucking long to like actually get the message across, and it takes I I have multiple I make multiple mistakes that I have to correct throughout the whole thing, 
and the final product is a well-constructed argument but people have to sit through so much of my fucking stuttering and uh misspeaking and just really poor choice of words that it makes me i genuinely i, I don't think i should be allowed <laughs> to have a voice like on political topics that's see that's why um i actually prefer essay writing and uh talking through text and it does yeah. also have to do with that trauma of being misunderstood or having something that i didn't understand that i was earnestly asking about and having people think i was making a statement that i really wasn't um yeah. and i think this is this is really really common um where that that trauma of being misunderstood uh just makes a lot of autistic people really prefer speaking like a lot of us hate phone calls <laughs> um yeah this obviously doesn't apply to 100 percent of us as the, the point that was just made um but it's it's really it's really common it's a lot of the reason why so many of us are chronically online that and we can find groups of people that we're truly similar to easier online um but yeah it's 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 a thing it i think it fucking sucks i think i often like i have a i don't have a great understanding of why it is that people hear certain terms that are just like it's like when you say certain things they just like raise like fifty thousand red flags in people's heads and they immediately jump to conclusions like the moment you say like you say certain things that aren't even like yeah. statements that are just like words like literally and it's yeah. very very it's just very very frustrating for me somebody who is very very passionate about getting my message across and have to constantly jump through these fucking hoops and it's i'm i said earlier uh people are fucking stupid and they jump to conclusions and they're not capable of actually processing a well-constructed argument but it's i think it's a combination of people's fucking stupidity and uh lack of understanding of logic and ethics as well as my inability to de de deliver a good like straight like linear statement because I always get, I always talk in circles. I always fuck up everything that I have to say, and I'm terrible. I'm horrible at speaking. I'm <laughs> unable to improvise, and I shouldn't be doing podcasts about politics. It's morally wrong for me to do pol pol political podcasts. Well, hey, I'm I'm here to to say everything that you just said, but better. You have me. Yeah, and it it's sounds okay. like we're. It sounds like an argument. Oftentimes, when you listen, to yeah, it does. <laughs> It sounds like I make a statement and then you basically repeat the statement in much better terms. Yeah. And then it's it sounds like it sounds like what you're saying is contrary to what I'm saying, but you just fucking picked the seeds out of the fucking thing. I don't I don't know where I was going with that analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so don't quit just yet. We No. Yeah. I'm going to quit. <laughs> That's and I think that I'm impulsively deciding to quit and i definitely will not uh make another podcast in the next 24 hours <laughs> where i'm confident again i'm definitely not like i don't go through mood mood swings that impact my decision making not at all it's not the case whatsoever gotta love it i 
see, I I think that we should we should wrap it up, but one more thing that I want to touch on that is it irks me a little bit um is this this idea of the keyboard warrior that is so stigmatized and I will say that a lot of that stigma is completely valid of just complete morons with no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, we went to a whole school full of them. Yeah. And engaging in discourse that they have no place engaging in online in, like, comment sections. Um, And that is really fucked up, and people need to be much more mindful about what they're putting out onto the internet. Um, But I will say that it it's the least anxiety-provoking way for me to engage in discussions that I feel have real importance. Um, and, and a lot of that is, is that just that trauma and that fear, because I know that when, when I'm talking, I'm inevitably, inevitably going to say something that's going to be misunderstood. And that is just terrifying to me. And that's why autistic people frequently over explain things um that's really we'll write an essay when it could have taken a, a couple of sentences just out of this being terrified of being misunderstood um but i i think that there's there's more potential to just discourse through text in um on forums stuff like that um that isn't this terrible keyboard warrior idea where someone gets dogpiled even if they were actually technically correct just because the majority of people in that space disagree with them that kind of thing um, that's that's what i love about like bread tube and shit like i understand it's the meme that bread tube is just a fucking cesspool and it's true but that's that's why i love like the communities for people like fucking keffels or Xanderhal or vosh or whoever the fuck it is even though i even though almost all of those creators like i don't even fucking agree with on the majority of things like i'll go their communities are always full of they they attract communities that are willing to just sit down and have a good faith discussion about fucking anything without um not, not even necessarily like without hostility the absence of hostility isn't even like the an appeal it's just people that are actually want to deconstruct your talking points and break down things logically and morally and i think more if the more spaces like that exist the the better a place the internet is yeah for like political discourse and i do think that for me there is that that extremely strong sense of justice i have in that impulsivity where i'm like always seeking something that's going to like to exercise my brain to like give me that hit of dopamine um and i think over the years in even engaging with people in who are arguing with me in bad faith i've i think i've learned a ton and am really a better person because of it um just even like and having discussions where i realize i'm wrong where even if i don't admit it in the moment I'll change my behavior going forward because I know, like, oh, that person really had a point. Um, and I think that it can be really toxic on this surface level, but it's something that I've personally really found.
found a lot of benefit from. And I may be a tiny minority, but that's that's my two cents. My two cents is read. <laughs> no. Read Wikipedia. I can't read. This is okay, this, I, I, underst- I understand the the Wikipedia professor fucking stereotype whatever I don't give a fuck the majority of Wikipedia is overall a pretty good source of information especially uh, highly discussed topics and believe it or not uh, Wikipedia articles are actually pretty well in a pretty good way held accountable and uh, just as to their uh, un- unbiased perspective and just yeah. delivering straight like accuracy with their information and i i genuinely believe that reading wikipedia has made me uh a much better like uh actor in the political world and has just given me a much better understanding of politics and something that i've liked to do this is the best part about reading wikipedia is you learn other places to learn shit like wikipedia has inspired me to read multiple like nonfiction books or just like like history books and shit or just to like look into like more like theory and just like actual like literature and it's it's a really it's a really great gateway to information and also if if you want straight information you can straight unbiased information you can get it all from wikipedia pretty much yes and if you want to um hear a more uh a pers- you know hear from a a more uh what's the word I don't want to say biased because that sounds weird. It's like it has a negative connotation. But like if you wish to consume information from a particular perspective, not even just someone who did, who agrees with you, just from a particular perspective, Wikipedia is a great uh, gateway to those perspectives. And yes. I highly recommend using Wikipedia to figure out, you know, where to learn. It's a great fucking great fucking place. Donate I... be 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 the two percent who donates to Wikipedia. Ah, Demi Gloom, Demi Gloom. I'm one of what? the two percent that donates to Wikipedia. You donate to Wikipedia? Yeah, I donate two dollars every month because I'm really poor, but I still value Wikipedia so fucking much. And I I agree a thousand percent with everything that you just said. And um, I also part of the reason why wikipedia is so just extraordinary is it is this massive library of information that is accessible to anyone anyone who has access to the internet if they're not in north korea can it's a public go, utility at this point yeah yeah they can go on wikipedia and have this 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 library just of a thousand library of alexandrias all in one website and um, I think accessibility of information is one of the things that I value the most. It's one of the reasons why I hate um, paywalls on like academic articles so much. Even if those, even if that money ends up going to fund this academic research, I think that it's it's pointless for you to do all of this writing and all of this researching to make an and article. Keep the information. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pointless. I think it defeats the purpose. Um, and that's why I love Wikipedia so much. And that's why that's why I donate. And I'm such I'm such a big Wikipedia person. And I hate that academic spaces have demonized Wikipedia so much because it is they're just fucking wrong. And I don't know if this is some corrupt. I want 
all of this information to be gatekept kind of thing, or if it is just a concern about, like, academic integrity, like anyone can post to Wikipedia. Um, but it's, it's really misguided, because Wikipedia is um, pretty rigorously moderated. Um, yeah. And people will... I tried, to, it, I tried to edit the Wikipedia page of our school. Uh, I may or may, or may not have wrote something a little bit funny on there. <laughs> and like two, two minutes later, it was like removed. Like, yeah. I don't know how their system works, but like literally, like, like our school was like small. Like nobody gives a shit about that Wikipedia page. It's like there's these weird Wikipedia editors. They, I don't know how it works, but apparently they get some kind of like notification that some random ass page was edited. And if they see some dumb shit on there, they immediately correct it. Yeah. There's like 50,000 fucking nerds sitting in their basements that will just immediately correct like bullshit that people put on there. Here's yeah. one thing I will criticize about Wikipedia. Some articles uh, about specific people are often uh, but really biased. Like yeah. not not like big historical figures, right? Like the page for fucking George Washington is not going to be like super biased. But like if there's like a really small... Like particularly like musicians and entertainers and stuff like that. It's oftentimes there's a lot of bias regarding the information presented about them because people want to uh, put them in a positive or negative light. I think a big part of that is because uh, people who are entertainers, when they the people who make their Wikipedia pages are fans of them or people that want to slander them. Yeah. But and that's you know what I mean obviously with Wikipedia the the more obscure the article. Uh, the more critical of the information you should be. I don't want us to tell anybody to just uncritically uh, consume everything from Wikipedia because there are a lot of there is there is there is bullshit on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Like any like you know, it's, anyone can edit it. It's true. There is bullshit on there, but for the majority of like major articles, like big topics that a lot of people are researching or looking into, uh, there it's an incredibly accurate place and. They they cite sources and shit too. The more sources yeah. they cite, or the you know you you can you could see where they get their information. Yeah. And if it's about some fucking if it's an article about a fucking YouTuber <laughs> with like fifty thousand subscribers, and there's no size uh cite the sources cited, you know maybe be a little more critical of that than the page about uh communism, which cites like 50,000 fucking academic sources and is constantly moderated by f unbiased fact checkers. Yeah. And I think that uh those smaller articles about people and such rely much more on um on just people who want to write about it. Yeah. And rely much more on just uh, God, what's the word? Um, anecdotes, anecdotes. Yeah. That would I said that with really weird emphasis. Anecdotes. Um, like the, it relies much more on anecdotes. Um, and there's just a lot less information that can be cited. And for that yeah. reason, I definitely say like take everything that you read there with a grain of salt. And if something seems off, check the sources, or just don't go around preaching it like it's the gospel. Yeah, for sure. I fucking love Wikipedia, dude. Wikipedia is great. Wikipedia should be government funded. Yes, yes, yes. Except, I mean, okay, okay. So, like, fundamentally, okay. I believe that things like that should be government funded, but I don't trust our government right now. Uh, that's exactly what I was Making about to say. Clear. Yeah, I don't trust. I don't trust Sleepy Joe. 
I think I think state state media is always ex- just extremely perilous. There's people, especially tankies, who argue in favor of state media. Like I've had someone cite Chinese state media about why the Tiananmen Square massacre didn't actually happen. And it's like, yeah. dude, can you not see the conflict of interest here? Come on. You it's right in front of your face. Um but but yeah, it's I think I I at least in our current society and I I don't I can't say what'll happen in the future and if we'll get a perfect completely uncorrupt government in the future but i think it's it's better for it to be crowdfunded um and more likely for it to be um what's the word uh have integrity it's more likely for it to have integrity anyway we should we should you know what fuck that i take i take back when i said that should be government funded now that i think about it i i'm having a very hard time envisioning a scenario where that works well yeah that's not very hypothetical, like beyond uh, the, the next century of history hypothetical. It's it's the kind of thing where, like, I'd love for tax money to go to it, but it has to be, it, it, like, it, it has to be the kind of thing where it's a third party and it can't have any possibility of being influenced by the government. That that in yeah. and of itself is just a conflict of interest. Um, yeah. It so and for those purposes, crowdfunding ends up working best. We should. Yeah. We that's, should. That's a really sad reality. Yeah, it is. That we have to rely on crowdfunding. It is. But yeah. And I wish I wish it could be better, but I I don't see it happening. Yeah. Sad. But I think we should we should wrap up. We've gone on yeah, for quite course. a while. I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah, uh, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I don't check Twitter, um, but it's at Felonius Ferris. Twitter um, was better with you. Uh, it I just kind of it's it's too many tweens, and yeah. I don't like the way it's being managed right now. Um, on the <laughs> oh, other you hand, don't say that we don't we aren't big Elon Musk fans. Yeah. Um, even if he's autistic, uh. Elon Musk is one of the bad ones. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you can also find me on Tumblr. I only post about anime on Tumblr, so uh, yeah. But Tumblr, Tumblr is actually a pretty, pretty good social media site. It's just that it only really works for fandom stuff. Um, but yeah, love Tumblr. Um, I am also on YouTube. I haven't uploaded anything. I dream that one day I will upload, but we'll we'll see. And I, I may eventually make other social media. Who knows? Um, but for now, uh, just come and interact with me. I love you, uh, and I want to hear from you. Just look up Demi Gloom on shit. This is where I want you guys to be. This is the best thing that I'm currently working on. The Issue Crew podcast. Maybe the Issue Crew podcast is as good as this. I like this better, though. Check out the issue crew. Look up Demi Gloom on whatever the fuck you're on. Bye. Bye bye.